0: Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew?
1: We sure hope so, and we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to Regular Nancy Drew. All right, so hello, Regular Drews, and welcome to episode 29. Hello, everyone. 29. 29 episodes, so Corey. Weird. I know. That's gone. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> In this episode, we're going to be discussing The Haunting of Castle Malloy, number 19, with her interactive PC games. It was originally released on October 6, 2008. And according to Corey's research, based
0: on the bike tour mystery. <laughs> yes, that is one of the Nancy Drew mystery stories. And actually, I have it right here. Let me check which one it is. The worst name ever for a, a mystery book. Bike tour yes, mystery. It's number 168, and it's 168. just like it sounds. Nancy's going on a bike tour with Bess and George in Ireland in the book, which is not the plot of the game at all, but right. supposedly it's based off this one. So <laughs> I think as we get later and later in the game series, we'll notice that there's fewer and fewer direct similarities with the the books that they're supposedly based off of but that is totally okay because the mystery itself but it's just it's just like why even say that it's based off of that then like just say we wanted nancy to go to ireland there's a ton of lists online of like wikipedia or the nancy drew wiki or just her interactive wiki of like this is what it's based off of but i have spent so much time trying to look and see where they got that information, and I cannot find it. I don't know if someone at Her Interactive said, Mm. this is the game that it's, this is the book that we're basing it off of, or if some fan was just like, oh, I noticed that this one is also set in Ireland, and this is the only game set in Ireland, so it must be a direct connection. If that's the case, y'all. Let's not do that. (laughs) Right. Please.
1: I mean, I think you you could say inspired by. Because you can't even say. Like, inspired by has to come from the person who created it. So, like, her interactive would have to say this game was inspired by this book. But if they didn't say that, then it's like.
0: And they very well might have. I mean, (laughs) I haven't taken the time to read through every single uh, Amateur Sleuth blog post and (laughs) YouTube video on their channel. I mean, they might have said that at some point or way back when they were first developing the game maybe somebody said that I just can't find that source but I would like to know if you know where this inspiration came from please let us know because I'm very curious please message us on Instagram (laughs) at regular Nancy Drew
1: (laughs) yes okay but so what what are your general feelings about the haunting of Castle Molloy, Corey?
0: Well, wow, I was telling you a little bit earlier that it is a very dark and stormy day here, um, so it's about to start raining and storming, and so the vibes are very perfect for talking about this game today because I do really enjoy the vibes of this game. Mm-hmm. The mystery itself <laughs> is way out in left field, <laughs> um, especially the ending. But oh yeah, it, it uh, yeah, it's thick could be much worse it could be much worse
1: <laughs> ah, what a tagline what a tagline it could be much worse
0: that's so funny I'm sorry I'm not trying to like trash the game no, no, already no. <laughs> it's just it's a really funny way to summarize could be a little little better I don't know yeah I, there's mixed feelings about this so one. How about you?
1: I I think I have strong opinions about this and I, I honestly like even though I will agree that like the structure to how it happens in the game, like the structure of the mystery is a bit weird and a bit different. I do think Mm -hmm. that this is probably in my mind, y'all. So don't, (laughs) don't freak out. Is, is one of the most realistic Nancy Drew mysteries that exists in, at least in the, uh, the realm of her Mm -hmm. interactive PC games. I think it is like one of the only ones that actually makes sense like to to have been able to mm-hmm. happen to and happen in the way that it did. and even though it doesn't even though it maybe doesn't fit within like the normal typical parameters of what a Nazi Drew game is, I think that I think that it makes the most sense. <laughs> I mean, aside from some, like aside from just, like, a couple things, like the jetpack, aside from the jetpack, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think it all makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, that's, you've you got to, definitely got a good point there.
1: And maybe, yeah, yeah maybe that's not what you look for in a mystery game. Maybe you're like, oh, it doesn't need to make sense to me to be able to enjoy an mystery game, right? I got the puzzles, I've got the characters, I've got the vibes, right? And that's all you want. I think it does get to me when when a mystery doesn't make sense. And so I think that's why I really really appreciate this one because I just th- I just think it makes sense and that we we will talk about why. I think that later, I'm sure. Gotcha. But in general, that's my opinion. I also do feel like it is probably one of the most adult um like adult mm-hmm. mysteries, like grown up mysteries, which is why I think I appreciate it much more now than I did when I was a child cuz definitely when I was like a teenager or whenever this came out, I was like this is boring, this is stupid, like I don't care about this like <laughs> stupid couple getting married or whatever and and it was and because it was so much different than like the rest of the Nancy Drew games, I was like it it didn't connect with me, right? But I think now gotcha. I appreciate it much more for for its adult themes
0: <laughs> i definitely think that if you don't already know what the ending is you are gonna be blown away <laughs> by the ending no pun intended <laughs> but also kind of pun intended <laughs> slightly pun intended
1: <laughs> yes oh so three
0: words Oof. ireland like mm, i almost said mythology but more like folklore
1: mm-hmm that could we could group that with ireland maybe like irish folklore Yes. Okay. There we go. Um, mad scientist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and what? What did you say? Weddings. Weddings. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mad scientist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Do you want to jump into our summary?
0: Let's go for it.
1: Okay, so at the start of our game at our center of operations, we get our little brief about the story that we're about to go on, but there's no mystery to start with. Just adventure. Nancy is just going mm-hmm. to Ireland because Nancy's friend, Kyler Mallory, um is getting married to her fiance a man named Matthew Simmons, and she was apparently an exchange student the Drews hosted, um and she's invited us to kind of her family's, I guess ancestral home, Castle Malloy, um where the ceremony <laughs> will be held we get a cute little map animation of our flight as soon as we click on our ticket and then when we start the game we are driving at night on the phone with ned uh we're like talking about our trip and how we're being safe while we're driving at night yes ned even though we're on the phone <laughs> um
0: but no around. it's fine yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: it's fine everything's fine Um, But then we approach Castle Malloy. We hang up with Ned. And then suddenly something humanoid, white, and wispy, like, I say runs in front of our car. But really it, like, zooms in front of our car very quickly. Um, We swerve, can't get control of the car, and end up crashing into a ditch. So we get out of the car and then we hear, like, this eerie wailing, like, <laughs> like that mm-hmm. um, yeah, and that's that's the start of the game
0: <laughs> what a start what a yeah. start so yeah, <laughs> this game does something a little bit different, and I think we've seen it in a couple other games so far, but for a good portion of the navigation, we're in like a bird's eye view view of the castle grounds and we see Nancy walking um, at the beginning she doesn't have a flashlight so we have a very limited scope of like what she can actually see so you're just kind of wandering in the dark trying to find um, where to go basically and there is after we get out of the car we're just on this big road and there's like an archway that leads into the path that goes to the castle in going through the archway to the castle we pick up this doll that it might have been dropped by whatever dashed in front of our car it looks like a groom like it's like dressed in a tuxedo it's actually got a little clotta ring around its neck and we're like okay that's kind of strange so obviously nancy pockets that and we keep walking up towards the castle and long long pathway with a few lamps on the side of it and then we get up to the front door of the castle um, we knock on it and this old Irish man answers the door and he's like mm, go away the wedding's been called <laughs> off um, you can't can't stay here basically very rude <laughs> and we're like oh we can't go anywhere you know our car is in the ditch we don't have our cell phone with us it like flew out of our hand when we were driving and we had to swerve the car um, and he says oh there's an inn just up the road so you know go up there and see if they have a room and you can just stay there for the night and give me your keys, and I'll take care of your car in the morning. And she's like, "Oh, well, I actually left my keys in the car, but you know, whatever." And he's like, "Okay, well, then just go away and deal with go your car later." <laughs> um, and so, obviously, we still need to talk to Kyler. So we need to find a way into this castle, but he's not letting us in. So if we go around um, off to the left side of the front door, there's a rock pile on the ground, and we can pick up pebbles and throw them at Kyler's window. <laughs> um it eventually works and we break her window nice move Nancy but Kyler does break her window you didn't break her window I don't think so Oh, I broke her window. <laughs> I think, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think so. Maybe you just lightly tapped it. I don't. Maybe. I used one of the big rocks, so maybe uh, that's what did it. But. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but it gets her attention. She comes to the window and she's like, Danal, let Nancy in. That's my maid of honor. Don't you know? And he's like, oh, fine, whatever. Come on in if you have to. Um. So we learn that that man, Danal, is the caretaker of the castle, which we'll have to talk about him later because... Mm-hmm. I don't know how he got this job, but it's very interesting. (laughs) I don't know how he got this job. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Um, But then uh, we kind of flash into the library of the castle where Kyler is kind of hanging out and we start a conversation with her.
1: Yes. So she tells us that her fiance, Matt, has disappeared. But she says, you know, like, I'm not worried about it. This is just his way. He's a prankster. And so, like, this is probably just one of his pranks to, like, you know shake me up before the wedding um (laughs) she says she's confident he'll show up like minutes before she's walking down the aisle um but you know she doesn't a lot of confidence
0: in this man
1: (laughs) i cannot describe to you how unbelievably insane this is like on all levels like it's insane that one matt would do this if that's true about matt and two that kyler believes that this is what would that matt would do anyway anyway um yeah so she doesn't know where matt went but she tells us that she can hear him calling her occasionally it's muffled and faint so she thinks he's like teasing her so this is why she thinks that it's a prank and that he's still around because she can still actually hear him um so that's (laughs) very creepy and upsetting um we kind of ask her why danal told us that the wedding was called off and she says it's because danal wants the wedding to be called off because he doesn't want kyler marrying a brit because he thinks it would upset the fairies because even though kyler is technically well she's she was raised in england um but Mm -hmm. um (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, they're both supposed to be from London. Right. They both live in right. London now, but of course, but she's she got has... this Irish ancestry. Right. Right,
1: right, right, right. So he he thinks Kyler, you know, this Irish woman marrying a True Brit would be a bad thing. Um, right. but Kyler tells us that she knows that we like to investigate mysteries, and you know, by all means, investigate this one. Go look for him. Um, she tells us to start in the nursery because that's where he's been staying. We do show Kyler the doll that we found, the groom doll, and about the figure that dropped it. And she says the doll looks like Matt, and that actually has his wedding ring on it. Mm-hmm. What? That's pretty... This is all very worrisome. spooky. Um, but she says, like, this is... Th- there's no way that a fairy left this, like this must have been Matt must have made this and left this doll tricked out in this costume of this person that you saw. This is all this big prank from Matt. Mm-hmm. At this point, I think to us, this is starting to sound heavily of denial. <laughs> We're like, okay, Kyler, sure, 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 sure. Matt sewed a doll and put his wedding ring on it to freak you out. Okay. Okay. But so something interesting that we do ask Kyler, like, hey, what are you doing up here in the library? And she tells us she's actually been reading about her family because until her grandfather died kind of recently, she didn't even know about this place. She didn't know that this place, this ancestral castle, like existed. When he died, she learned that he left her this castle and she learned that her surname would have actually been Malloy um, if her grandfather hadn't changed his name to Mallory. So the reason why her grandfather didn't tell anyone about this place was because his brother, who used to own it, was maybe a German spy, question mark, question mark, question mark, Mm -hmm. in World War II? Yeah. Uh, Okay. Like, (laughs) out of left field, but very
0: interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes, Brendan Malloy was a scientist who liked to, quote unquote, tinker with things, Mm -hmm. with mechanical things around the castle. Yeah, we can find, we'll see like his like inventions and stuff kind of smattered about and we can interact with
1: them. Very, very interesting.
0: Oh, speaking of her, her reading, did you notice what book she was reading? No, I didn't. In the library? No, what? It is Marie Antoinette's journal from Treasure <gasps> in the Royal Tower. Stop! Stop! The red book. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, also, I'm really glad we already covered Waverly before this episode yeah. because later on we'll talk about my Waverly journals <gasps> and why she has this book. Ooh. <gasps> Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I could just go ahead and say yeah. it now because it's a Do quick it. one. But um, in. The Her Interactive like website that they set up for Waverly Academy, they have a list of former alumni on their page, and two of those alumni are Kyler Mallory and Beatrice Hotchkiss. So maybe somehow they know each other, maybe Hotchkiss is like a mentor to former students or something, and mm-hmm. sent her a copy of this book, and later we'll see a little Waverly placard. Um, in the desk so maybe kyler is actually like a legacy well yeah i think i think
1: so i think she must be but so i also we don't know what kyler does for like work but presumably something in
0: london so right wonder what that could be (laughs) right (laughs) um but yes anyway So after we finish talking to Kyler, we can explore a little bit. This castle is pretty run down, if we can say so. Um, This library seems pretty nice, but of course, everything has this kind of, I mean, it's an old castle, so everything is kind of cold and musky i don't know Mm -hmm. if that's the right word but um there is a nice fire going in the fireplace there's actually one downstairs as well and we're in this room with a ton of books and in fact there's a few of um great uncle brendan's inventions scattered around the the library a few good puzzles right off the bat we do have a nice um i don't know what's the word influx of puzzles Mm -hmm. throughout this Mm -hmm. game that just it's a nice yeah they're spread out well but Right next to the library, there is a nursery, which is probably the creepiest, creepiest nursery room. you've ever seen in your ah. life.
1: <laughs> Arguably one of the creepiest rooms, I think, in any Nancy Drew game. I think there's no creepier. Oh, yeah. Room. Even in, like,
0: Ghost of Thornton Hall, there's nothing creepier than this nursery. <laughs> ooh, yeah. Charlotte's room is pretty creepy, but this one, ooh, yeah. It, there's got to
1: talk about Are the messages creepy dolls? in this nursery, though, because that's what I think turns yeah. it. That's what puts it in the lead yeah.
0: for me. Yeah. <laughs> Well the whole room is like covered in cobwebs and it's still got like child furniture and things in there. On the left side of the room there's like a big window on the opposite wall and then a fireplace that's of course long empty. Um, but Then on the right side of the room there's like a little bookcase with a sampler. It's got stitched on that like see not what you see and hear not what you hear. And then there's this canopy bed with the little like play nightstand area and then a dollhouse and a rocking chair and there's like a little tea party table almost but it's got this easel set up next to it with a chalkboard that says like evil returns to the Evil Doer." like who wrote these I'm sorry. things what what the fuck <laughs> what <laughs> yeah yeah everything is just kind of falling apart as well there's also
1: like legitimate like vines like growing throughout this room so it's like it's mm-hmm. like a like as if nature is like taking over this room with all these cobwebs and creepy embroidered messages on the wall
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I we'll have to talk about this later as well because at one point kyler is telling us that like oh yeah we inherited this place from grandpapa when he died and the realtor yeah she said they assured me it was habitable that yes there's walls missing yes it's falling down but it's habitable there's literal walls missing there's like yeah like if you go into the great hall
1: There is a whole wall in the Great Hall, which is essentially like, I don't know, two, three stories tall, this massive Mm -hmm. open space on an entire wall of that is missing, where people are sleeping, by the way. Like, there are constant stuff set up for, like, the wedding party, I guess, but, like, yeah, totally habitable, totally habitable.
0: Jeez Louise. Like, you're inside, but also, arguably, you're, you're actually not, just outside, you're outside because so much is exposed. Oh. <laughs> you can see the stars. You're <laughs> you're outside.
1: I mean, it's habitable in the way that, like, a tent or a cave is
0: habitable. <laughs> sure, sure. Like, there maybe won't rain on you. I guess it's better you. than nothing. <laughs> it won't rain on you, but, like... But it also might collapse on your yeah. head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But anyway, so we're in this nursery. We can find um, broken glasses on the ground next to the fireplace. And so that's kind of concerning because we've learned that Matt wears glasses. Um, But then if we keep going down the hall outside the nursery, there is like a spiral staircase that leads up to, I guess, the tower. But part of it is collapsed. So we can't even get up the stairs that way because it's just a big gaping hole in the wall there Um, but then if we go downstairs we will see kind of the great hall area where again a giant piece of the wall is missing there's like a, a big long dinner table set up that's already set up with like place settings for the wedding reception and all that and then on the other side of the room there's a bunch of cots set up in the corner where I guess everyone is sleeping and then of course there's a fire going downstairs as well because that's all you need is a nice fire going and that will that will uh, fix the draft that's coming <laughs> through the giant gaping hole in the wall, right? But yes, downstairs we do get to meet Kit Foley. Mm-hmm.
1: So Kit Foley is Matt's best friend, supposedly. Um, I have issues with that uh, label for certain, and we're going to talk about that too. Um, when we talk to him, we clearly see right off the bat that he has a black eye. And so basically, immediately we're like... Where'd you get the black eye from, Kit? And he says it's from walking into a door. Mm. Mm -hmm. A likely story. (laughs) We ask him and talk to him about Matt, of course, too. And he tells us everybody else is wrong. Matt's not pulling a practical joke and he wasn't kidnapped by the fairies. Matt left because he has cold feet. And also Matt's suitcases are gone from the nursery. So obviously he packed up his stuff and he left. We're like, okay, interesting, interesting perspective, (laughs) interesting data, right? Right? Right. Um, We also learned from Kit that he works for a real estate development company um, and he's currently working on some sketches for some projects. He does mention how valuable this property would be. Interesting. Um, We don't really Hmm. expand on that yet, but we will later, definitely. At this point, we can go outside and we see lights coming from up in the tower of the castle, the one that we can't get to because the stairs are missing. Um, we can't do anything about it at this point, but we do see some like crazy lights coming out of there. Um, and then mm-hmm. we can explore the grounds and kind of the same like bird's eye view that you were talking about earlier, Corey. Um, and they're pretty extensive along the grounds and there are a lot of puzzles there's like a garden that you can go to so like the way it works is you have like this top down view and then there are certain areas that you can click on to like enter into our normal point and click navigation style Mm -hmm. um so there's like a garden there's a bog that we can get to there's some celtic crosses that we can look at there's a fairy ring um and then like this fence part of the wall that we will be able to go through later but we can't just yet um mm-hmm. there are cliffs that you can fall off of here you could just walk straight off of them uh, i forgot about that until i replayed this time and i was like oh okay you can fall off the cliffs yeah you can fall off the cliffs yes and as you explore you do occasionally hear that same eerie wailing that we heard before when we were getting out of our car just kind of randomly all over the place
0: mm-hmm um if you keep walking back down toward the gate of the castle you can walk down a little walk down the road a little bit and you get to a pub that's called the screaming banshee um and outside there is like a phone booth where you can call bess and george because of course our phone got lost in not the car crash but like when we yeah. swerved on the side
1: of the road i, mean, I think car crash is accurate crash the car <laughs>
0: yeah true true (laughs) but Nancy's phone is gone so if we do want to call Bess and George or Ned we have to call from there which that's a Mm -hmm. whole side plot plot that we'll have to discuss definitely yes but the three of them are all at a pool party for some of their friends and Carrie and Kathy Dunhill is it Carrie and Kathy I couldn't
1: I whenever I I
0: I wrote it down I
1: couldn't I couldn't remember if it was Kathy and Katie Carrie and Kathy Carrie and Katie there's like two C's
0: Oh, yeah, it's it's Kathy and Carrie. Okay. I wrote it down because I was, like, I didn't know if they were book characters because oh, yeah. I didn't recognize those names, and I couldn't find I didn't anything about yeah. them. But important part is that, it was, is that we're now at this pub. There's the phone booth outside, but then if we go into the pub, this is where Danal is kind of hanging out because he likes to sit there and drink his fruit juices. <laughs> because this is not... This is an Mm E-rated game, so there's no alcohol, of course, at this pub, but um, Danal's like, I can't talk to you right now because they're so busy back in the bar that they can't make my drink, and I'm not talking until I get my fruit juice, all right? (laughs) So get back there and help out, Nancy. Uh, So we have a little mini game at this point where we help make drinks, and then um, once we do that, we get to talk to Danal a little bit, and he tells us that he believes that the good people, which is the Irish name for fairies in folklore, he believes that they have taken Matt and that this is actually not the first time that they have been involved with strange things going on at the castle. Um, So apparently back in 1944, when the castle exploded, when Brendan was living there doing his experiments, they caused the explosion, in his opinion. He says that Brendan Malloy was making rocket fuel, which is one of his crazy projects that he was working on that something went wrong during that. And then when the castle exploded, he, his wife, Caitlin, and their daughter, Fiona all died in the explosion. Um, He believes that the good people caused this explosion because they love little girls (laughs) and wanted her to stay innocent forever. And the only way to do that was by making sure that she never grew up. So dark. So dark, so dark. They love their Fiona so much that they couldn't bear to see her become an adult, so they kept her with them by killing the whole family. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Very, very creepy. Yes. Uh, He also tells us that he did go find our car, and he tried to look for the car keys, but they were gone. So Denal also attributes this to the good people. He says that somebody... Wants you to stay here, Nancy. Woo! They like you, and they want you to stay ah! here at the castle. Spooky! I know, I know. Uh, we also get his opinion on Matt a little bit more. We learn that he absolutely hates Matt because he's a <laughs> British man and says that, oh, Kyler should be marrying that Kit instead because Kit, he's got some good Irish heritage in him, blah, 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 nonsense. And we're like, wait, no, Kit's not in love with Kyler and Danal's like, no, you take one look at that boy and you know for sure that he's absolutely in love with
1: Kyler. Ooh, drama, drama, intrigue.
0: Juicy (laughs) juicy gossip from Danal here. (laughs) Uh, But I think at this point we go back to the castle and we talk to Kyler some more. Yeah.
1: So we can show her the broken glasses that we found in the nursery. Um, This does concern her a little bit. Like, why were they broken? But she very quickly moves on and is like, I'm sure he's fine. And it was just an accident, right? Um, So she also tells us that his luggage actually was in his room after he disappeared. Like, he didn't take his luggage with him. She remembers seeing them in the nursery. Um, So maybe Danal moved them? Okay. Interesting. She also asks us to print programs for her. And I'm just like... Priorities. I'm sorry. Like, she, well, first of all, she asks us. She asks us to print three programs. Three programs. I'm mm-hmm. like, Kyler, your groom is missing. Your groom is missing. We have bigger fish to fry than printing three programs. Like, I think that if the wedding actually does happen in a few days or whatever, that we can we can survive without three programs.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> But anyway, um, we can
0: go do that. We yeah. go print the programs for Kyler. Um, oh, yeah, because there's a printing press <laughs> downstairs in the Great oh, yeah. Hall. That's like an antique. I forgot to mention that earlier. Yeah, there's a printing of press. Of is. course there's a
1: printing press. So we go use that. Um, but we can look at the program after we make it, obviously, which is helpful because it does tell us that someone named Alan Payne is the best man, not Kit. So that's interesting because, right, he's supposed to be Matt's best friend. So why wouldn't he be the best man? Mm-hmm. So we can ask Kit about that. And he says that actually, you know, Alan is someone Matt knows from work. And Matt just thought politically it was a better move than having me be the best man. No big deal. Like, I totally get it. It's just office politics stuff. So fine.
0: Such a weird explanation. Certainly very weird.
1: I don't know what coworker in the history of the world would ever expect to be someone's, like, best man. <laughs> it's just awkward. Right.
0: I just kind of look at this as, like, a very, very lazy cop-out. Yeah. Like, well, oh, I had to ask this guy. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, we we learn, we we learn more information about it later. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. So, um, when we ask Kyler about it, she tells us that it was actually Kit who asked Matt to make Alan the best man. This is weird, and I want to talk about this later, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, She tells us that Alan was here earlier with the rest, you know, with the rest of them. But he left when Matt did because he said, like, if Matt's pulling a joke, like, I don't want to have any part of this. And Kit gives us his phone number so that we can call him. And when we do, he tells us that the evening before Matt disappeared, Matt and Kit had had a fight. And the next time that he saw Kit, Kit had the black eye so we think that maybe matt gave kit the black eye and kit didn't walk into a wall right um Mm, mm -hmm. so interesting very interesting all of this is lining up right Mm. (laughs) um he also tells us that the next morning matt and kyler had a fight it's also very interesting why would no one have mentioned any of this to me or to to nancy right? right like All of this fighting going on, and then Matt disappears. Nobody thinks that that's important to mention. Hmm. So Kit tells us about this fight, that this was just a misunderstanding. The black guy was an accident. He still doesn't say that Matt was the one who caused it. He's like, no, 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 this is all a misunderstanding. There was no fight. But eventually, if we keep talking to him, he will admit that it was because the fight was because he was asking Matt more and more questions, kind of like peppering him about, you know, what he thought being married to Kyler would be like um, and like, you know, how that would go and everything. And apparently he struck a nerve because Matt got so irritated that he punched him in the face. (laughs) And then the next day he disappeared. So this is also why Kit thinks that he ran off, right? He thinks that he's Mm -hmm. nervous, that he realized that he doesn't want to marry Kyler, and decided to leave. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Drama, drama. Wedding drama. I'm here for it. I'm so here for it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So after we talked to Kyler, we're able to go out into that garden again, and we actually see a few different little leprechauns that are, I guess they're leprechauns, which we'll have to talk about this later as well, because I have an interesting little factoid that I learned this week. But it's a puzzle. If you turn the leprechauns, you get a little piece that you need to open up the fireplace in the nursery. Um, But another thing that I'll mention that we find in the garden is a piece of paper that's just sitting on oh, a bench right. out there and yes and on that paper it looks like kyler has been like writing out her vows that she wants it to be and a bunch of it's like crossed out and she's made notes on it but then at the bottom she's like crossed a big section out and she's like what am i doing this is so wrong mm. very very strange <laughs> to find that from a bride who thinks that everything is fine and that her groom is going to show up on time but um, yeah so anyway we go back up into the nursery and we're able to do a little puzzle to unlock the fireplace. Um, and yeah, of course, the fireplace opens and there's a secret room behind there. Um, and when we go in there, we find a few different items that we'll need in order to cross the bog later. We can get like a a piece of wood that we use as a plank to walk across it. But then as soon as we come out of the fireplace in the library, we hear that eerie wailing again. And we turn and we look at the window and like a crow comes in and flies in front of our face and it's flying around the room. And then we see, a banshee with her long white hair and her long filmy flowing dress it's all tattered um and she's like screaming and flying around the window and she like zooms in and sees nancy and then she like zooms away really quickly Yikes. super scary this freaked me out so much when i was a little yeah. kid and also after that as well <laughs> um, and then at the end of this cut scene we hear the door behind us open and kyler like screams so we go back in and talk to kyler and she's like I have no idea what that was, but there must be a logical explanation for what we just saw. Um, Nancy, I know you can figure this out though you're such a good detective. you know go go figure out what this is right mm. Mm. <laughs> At this point we are able to use that plank of wood that we found to do a little puzzle to cross the bog, which everyone warns us about is super dangerous. so another concern that maybe Matt just went out into the dark and fell into the bog and he drowned or something. Awful and dark like that, but we don't know anything like that yet. We just, we cross the bog and we find this cottage with a chimney and there's like smoke billowing out of the chimney. And so obviously we're going to go inside. Um, Clearly someone is living there, but there's no one physically in the cottage right now, but it's this very small, like one room circular cottage that just has a little bed in it, a fireplace, some like storage boxes and things, some bird cages. And then she's got a little table with like her sewing stuff. And then, well, we don't even know who it is yet. Sorry. But then there's, there's a little table with like sewing stuff and there's like herbs and it's like a little home remedy station essentially where someone has been mixing herbs and I don't know, making, making something. It looks like someone also has been like making little dolls mm-hmm. as well. Like there's mm-hmm. a stand where they've been sewing stuff and there's a little part for wool that they've been stuffing it with but then if we look around in those storage boxes we pull out a jet pack. <laughs> there's just a jet pack chilling <gasps> in one of these pack. little baskets in the corner <laughs> uh, uh, so obviously that's ours now yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah <laughs> nancy picks that right up and we walk out <laughs> back to the <laughs> castle
1: so from the this cottage we're also able to get like this little glass piece that we can fit into the celtic crosses out on the grounds and then solve a puzzle to be able to get to the other side of the wall on the ground so we can get like over to the other side of the wall (laughs) as i (laughs) said yeah um on the other side of the wall we find a sheep shearing shed which is the hardest sentence to say um in the history (laughs) of words sheep shearing shed sheep, sheep shearing, shearing shed, shed. Sheep oh. shearing shed. <laughs> a circle of standing stones which is very cool which we can also move and turn around very interesting so that's a puzzle we have to do later and if we keep looking around over on like the very far end we can find like a piece of paper that has I guess like blown off into like some trees and it seems to be a sketch it says on the side of it from the desk of kit foley that has what looks Mm. like a rough property development plan for the land that castle malloy sits on Mm. if we confront kit about this he says he was just doodling And he just does that. He just, whenever he comes across an interesting tract of land, he like, just to practice and like, just, you know, for his imagination's sake, he just comes up with what he thinks would be a good property development plan for that property. So after doing some more puzzling around the grounds and stuff, we enter the great room to find Kit gone. So snooping through his stuff, which of course we're going to do, behind his bed, we find Matt's supposedly missing luggage, tucked under a bed back behind Kit. Hmm. Ooh, was Kit hiding it? Why would Kit hide Matt's luggage? Right. So if we go upstairs, I guess, to presumably talk to Kyler about this, um, we overhear an argument going on between Kit and Kyler. Kit is trying to convince Kyler that Matt left because he didn't want to get married, the same stuff he told us before. Um, But Kyler is, you know, absolutely resolved about this, that she doesn't buy this, matt's pulling a prank that's her stance but she very interestingly asks him if he did leave was it because something you told him kit did you tell matt that i still have feelings for you kit um because that is absolutely not true it is definitely over between us kit
0: Mm. (laughs) yikes because we do find proof previously that they dated a while back there's a picture of them together yeah who brought that? Who brought that and left it by the I fireplace? I think probably Kit. Why? Because why? he's still if you're not trying to dirt, sabotage Corey? this wedding. Why bring a picture with your ex that is the bride? Uh-oh. Like, here's us when we were together. Why? Well, why bring clearly, that? That's I so mean, strange. I mean, clearly he's
1: trying to convince Matt to not marry Kyler, and now he's trying to convince Kyler that Matt doesn't want to marry her. Mm-hmm. That's not not meddling. You right? know. Oh, yeah. um, so. After we listen to their conversation, we can't enter the room because they're still, like, having, like, a muffled conversation that we can't hear. But if you listen very, very closely, which I, like, turned my volume all the way up because I was like, I want to keep hearing what they're talking about.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> if this were me in real life, I would be glued to the crack in that door. <laughs> but you can kind of hear them say some things. You can hear um, Kit asking Kyler if Matt ever told her about the girl he dated before her. Um, you can also hear Kyler say, with friends like these, who needs enemies? Mm. And then something silly, you can hear her say, she says, three dozen Cocoa Kringle bars, no more, no less. <laughs> I just thought those were hilarious. Sounds like a good amount. Yeah. I like it. Um... So after navigating away from them, we can come back and talk to both of them. Um, And Kyler doesn't see why Kit would have hidden Matt's luggage, um, but she is encouraged because she thinks that that does mean that Matt is still around somewhere. Um, And Kit tells us that he doesn't know that the luggage was there, denies hiding it. Um, But now he thinks, well, you know, this must mean that, gosh, Kyler was right and Matt is playing some kind of practical joke. Um, But obviously Mm -hmm. he's very disappointed by this because he says that Matt marrying Kyler is the biggest mistake that Matt could make. He does admit, yeah, he does admit that he still has feelings for Kyler, but he kind of like really sadly says, but I don't know what I'm going to do about it interesting oh god the drama i'm so here for the drama this is so good (laughs) so um kit doesn't know why the luggage would be there kyler doesn't know why the luggage would be there so we go ask danal and danal tells us yes he moved the luggage to underneath the cots because he had told matt not to stay in fiona's room the nursery where he was before but matt did anyway so when he was out <laughs> as a way to like i guess try to get him out of the nursery danal moved his stuff out of the nursery so that he wouldn't return but then obviously he disappeared so
0: moot was he sleeping in that tiny little bed
1: i don't know that's what I'm scared, <laughs> because there's no like where people are staying there are like other cots. like there's a cot in the library where kyler has been sleeping and there's cots downstairs where presumably mm-hmm. kit and other people in the wedding party maybe were sleeping but there's no cot in the nursery there's just the tiny little kid's bed and it's with the <laughs> canopy and everything <laughs>
0: I just imagine him just way too large for that bed, sleeping in it.
1: (laughs) I don't understand. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Just real quick. I do not understand why Matt needed to sleep in that room. Yeah, I don't know. uh, He can still go in that room. Like, why would you want want to sleep in the creepy nursery all alone, away from everybody else? (laughs) Why? For what reason? What was the reason, Matt? what was the reason?
0: <laughs> I forgot to make a note of the date on the wedding uh, invitation. Mm. Oh. I don't know when this game is set. I want to say it's like spring, summertime, but mm. it, the the fires in the rest of the castle are going the entire time we're there. So I have to assume that it's it's chilly at the very least. And well, there's no I mean... fire going in that nursery. So yeah, just freezing in there oh, just for the sake of being in the creepy room. Does he just want to have a tea party with whatever ghost of a young child <laughs> is living in that room? Who knows? clearly um, matt has some issues yeah i don't know you would think he would want to just like be closer to the fire and yeah, yeah. i don't know but whatever or his friends like his best friend right. downstairs and the rest of everybody uh
1: like this yeah, creepy, run down <laughs> castle you're staying alone in the clearly haunted
0: nursery like <laughs> it, it's also the only room that isn't completely falling apart like I know the fireplace isn't functional anymore but there's no gaping hole in the wall so that's true I mean there's one benefit to it there that's true maybe it's not the walls are still intact there's still a (laughs) ceiling you know
1: yeah 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 you gotta look at the positives here haunted has four walls haunted has four walls
0: (laughs) (laughs) geez even even the hallway like (laughs) the hallway would have been a better choice yeah (laughs) yeah oh man (laughs) whatever um but okay so after a lot of puzzling uh, each one of the puzzles that we do or not each one of them but there are four different puzzles that we have to solve to get like a metal plate as our puzzle reward um and if you take all four of those plates and put them together we can go to the printing press and we can print off how do you ex- explain this? You like print one, and then you print the other ones on top yeah. of it, so it kind of layers all the ink. But then you see this like color printout of instructions for operating this jetpack. And if you take a look <laughs> at the jetpack, it's got a pretty complicated on switch. So you have to follow these instructions very precisely. Otherwise, Nancy will blow up along with the jetpack. Very fun little animation. But um, okay, obviously now Nancy's going to put on this jetpack, and <laughs> we can jetpack around. The castle grounds oh! for the rest of the game.
1: We can ride a jetpack, Nancy riding a jetpack, riding around in our jetpack. Can you guys believe? I know. Oh, I love it. This is the only oh. unrealistic part of the game. And also, yeah. so like, I as soon as you can start riding around in the jetpack, you never have to not use the jetpack again. Like, you right. can just. <laughs> You could just fly everywhere. I mean, once you're, you're inside, you right. take it off, but
0: right. Everywhere but whenever, you go, you can just yeah. fly over the bog straight to the bog hut. <laughs> amazing. <sighs> Truly an amazing game design choice. <coughs> but this also means that now we can go up to that previously inaccessible tower that we couldn't access from the inside cuz the stairs are gone, but we saw those lights coming from the top mm-hmm. of the tower, so we're like, "Oh, maybe Matt found his way up there and that's where he's been hanging out or he's been doing something with the lights. So yeah, we can go into the, we can fly in through the window and we see, well, we call around for Matt and we don't get any response. We think that this room is empty, but it looks like kind of like a parent's bedroom. Like there's a big bed in there. There's a desk. There's like, you know, some furniture that's just draped over with some sheets and we can, We can't open the desk just yet, but we can see over the desk there is this big family tree. Um, and someone has actually been like drawing on the family tree. And for some reason they've also made like a bird family tree of crows. I don't really understand this part of it Hmm. or why, but we can basically see that like they've crossed out, you know, all the dead people. And of course, like Fiona's on there and Brendan and um Caitlin, his wife, and then we see Kyler's side of the family which Kyler's not even on the family tree because it's an older version of the family tree but just an interesting little glimpse into the Malloy's family Mm -hmm. and their life Um, and then of course there is that big desk that we can open a little bit later after we we solve a few puzzles so um, we have to get the combination to the desk like in the nursery so we leave the tower go get that and then when we come back we see that banshee with a long white dress and white hair flying out of the window right as we're about to go up to it Mm. so we're like "Ooh, maybe something happened in that room and we can go take a look at what she was doing in there um so we're able to finally open this roll top desk and inside there's a picture of a little girl that we see it's got a name on there it's fiona which would have been i guess kyler's like second cousin first cousin because it was her great uncle's (laughs) Daughter, great uncle's daughter. So this is no. This would have been her dad's first cousin once removed. Yeah, and so that
1: makes it her first cousin once removed. Sure, I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's like when you go up in a generation, that's where the removing happens. Gotcha,
0: gotcha. I think so. so Yes, and that in that case, then that's that's exactly what it would be. We see Fiona. We do also see a little placard that says Waverly Academy for Girls. We'll talk about that later. But we also find a diary um, written by Caitlin, who was Brendan's wife, who, of course, died in the explosion. And we we learned that Brendan actually made Fiona her own little jetpack because he'd made this for himself. Um, And she was so, you know, little girl, she wanted to fly on the jetpack as well. So she was so excited about this and begged her dad for a long time. And he was like, fine, I'll make you a jetpack as long as you're responsible with it, right?
1: How old is she supposed to be, Corey? This is my question. I'm sorry to take us out of this, but, like, I can't move further. How old is this child that they made her a jetpack?
0: I was wondering this as well, because the family tree doesn't have any sort of year or dates on it. There's no Mm -hmm. born dot, anything like that. So we don't really have context in that way. But I would have to guess, like, ten? You know, she's young. No way. Younger than that, you think? No way she's ten.
1: I imagine, like,
0: six. Really? Maybe. That's why
1: I'm like this is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean because of stuff that we learn later like I I can't imagine that she's that old.
0: Mhm. Yeah, like true.
1: I Well, I mean, we'll have to talk about this more in depth
0: later then I guess. Okay. Okay. It's just crazy to me. But yeah, young girl, responsible parents give this 6-year-old-ish child her own jetpack. And <laughs> um, we do also learn that Caitlin writes, I wrote this down, she says that Brendan's work keeps keeps us all so isolated in here that, you know, they live in this castle that's just outside of their little village in town or whatever and they actually program the jet pack to descend to the ground if she if like fiona were to fly too close to town because they didn't want people in town like talking about why is there a little child on a jetpack flying around town right <laughs> so so it's only supposed to work like on the castle oh. premises or whatever but we also learned that he was working on liquid propellant so i guess this is his rocket fuel that he was rumored to be working on at the time of all of their deaths And she also says that Brendan has managed to fool everyone into thinking he's developing a new fuel for armored vehicles. And he's actually been conducting tours of his decoy lab, which was actually um, in the library. There's a door that if you open it, it's just a big, like, there's nowhere to go. It's just open into the the ground (laughs) level, I guess. Right. Um, And we learned that that used to be his decoy lab where he would like conduct tours for the public to show like, yes, this is what I've been working on with my rocket fuel for the allies in world war II, and blah, blah, blah. Um, we think that, no, actually he was just using that as his cover because he was a double agent working for the Germans, developing fuel for them. Um, and she says that she they're using a decoy lab to throw them all off. Mm -hmm. Throw who off? Are we throwing off the Germans? Are we throwing off the allies? (gasps) Not clear. We'll have to discuss this later. Um, And she also says that she shudders to think of the consequences if anyone were to learn of the truth of what he was really doing up there. Um, And then she says, gotta go. Fiona just flew by in her jetpack outside the window. So gotta go check on that. So that's really all that we learn of this diary. Ooh, man. Uh, we do also learn that Caitlin actually worked at the Screaming Banshee Inn that's just up the road where we serve the drinks and everything. And she has actually been telling the people in town that all the strange lights and noises that they've been hearing around town are actually fairy activities. It's the good people doing this. And um, of course, everyone buys it because they're so willing to believe in this, this folklore. Yeah. Um, and we, we do also find a little doll in the desk as well. And Nancy picks it up and she remarks, wow, this this kind of looks like me Uh, and that doll has a a key around its neck terrifying
1: someone has observed us enough to make us in doll form Mm -hmm. I don't like it I don't like it I don't Mm -hmm. like it at all so there is we did find a when we were in the cottage in the bog we did find a locked box that we couldn't open and so we think hey this key looks like it will be able to open that box so when we go back to the cottage the bog and open the box because it does open the box um we find a birthday card to fiona that's it that's all that's inside of it um just it
0: doesn't even really say who it's from it's just like happy birthday fiona i think you're right i think it says like happy sixth birthday or something on it doesn't it okay okay so yes definitely uh, definitely younger than i thought i'm
1: not positive i'm not positive but i'm i don't yeah, I don't think she's that old. But right. Okay. Sorry. So, anyway. So okay. Well, if somebody left this doll for us up in the let's let's put, let's put it all together. Mm-hmm. If somebody left this doll for us up in the tower, presumably the banshee, because that was the only one that we think was up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the key to this locked box that has a birthday card to Fiona. What does that mean? Hmm. hmm. So we turn around and then we see basically our Banshee. It's an old woman with very long white hair in like a tattered dress. Um, And she's standing right in front of us. It's quite startling, actually. But so basically we have to assume now that this is Fiona, Mm
0: -hmm. right?
1: And that she didn't actually die in the explosion, Um, She must have somehow survived and has just been wandering the estate and the bog ever since.
0: Mm -hmm. Hmm.
1: So she does seem uncomfortable that we have barged into her home. And though Nancy is very clearly startled, she still tries to apologize and talk to her and like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't be in here. Um, You're Fiona, right? Aren't you? You know, like, are you okay? You know, like all this stuff. But she doesn't say anything. Um, Nancy tries to ask her about Matt, even like, have you seen this man? Um, Fiona does not speak to us at all, but she does kind of, like, grunt. We mm-hmm. we definitely need to talk about this later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she just kind of, like, backs us into a corner of the cottage, like, not really letting us leave. Um, And she gives us, like, this creepy chuckle. And suddenly, we fall through a trap door in the floor. Oof. So, okay, things have just taken a serious turn here. So we come to in a tunnel that we can walk down and it leads to like this darkened room. We do see a light switch on the wall, the corner, so we can hit that. But as soon as we do and the lights come on, suddenly we hear a voice shout, No! And turning, we see a man running towards us right as a door slams down shut in between us. Mm -hmm. So this is Matt. We found Matt. (laughs) Yay! Yay! (laughs) We solved it. We solved the mystery. We're both trapped and will probably now die, but we found him. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) So he tells us, he basically gives us this explanation now. He's been trapped down here for days, and this woman, Fiona, apparently has been feeding him. Um, the side of the door that we're trapped in is Brendan Malloy's real laboratory, where he was working on top-secret research. Mm-hmm. Apparently, to keep unwanted visitors out, he created like these kinds of like tricks and alarms and stuff to seal off his lab, and this gate will only open when Fiona, like, opens the trap door to feed us. (laughs) So we're trapped until then. Um, He tells us that the trap door is the only way to get out of here. And that he actually, you know, was originally intending to play a practical joke on Kyler because he found that secret passageway in the nursery and was going to make some spooky noises to scare her (laughs) from like behind the wall. But then suddenly a crow, which we now know is Fiona's crow that we've seen around occasionally came in and went straight for Matt's eyes and he fell backwards and like threw a hole in the floor, um, which was, I guess, another trapdoor to Brendan's uh, real laboratory. Um, he didn't fall far, but now he was in some kind of like dark room. So he like feels along the wall um, and he accidentally hits a kind of button that triggers an alarm and closed off the entrance that he fell through. So now he's trapped in the same tunnels that we were and has been wandering down here ever since Mm -hmm. he is like very upset um that this has happened and he's quite like self-flagellating about it yeah um like he's like oh like i can't believe you know like that i put kyler in this position i love her so much like this is devastating i really want to marry her you know kit kit was absolutely wrong with what he said to you and everything but like I, I, be, I would understand if she didn't want to marry me now and all of this stuff <laughs> kind of goes on and on about it,
0: which is also interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: But that's pretty much all we can talk to Matt about because now we're trapped. And so we decide to look around a little bit. He does also tell us
0: the truth with the, uh, the black eye that Kit has, that they were just playing around outside and a tree branch like snapped and hit him in the eye. And that's he Wait, didn't what? actually punch him in the face. Yeah, we can we can ask him about because um, oh. we can tell him like hey Kyler's really worried about you and then he tells us about Kyler and then we're like oh Danal mm. thinks it was fairies okay. and he's like oh no it's not fairies obviously it's this bog woman and then um, <laughs> yeah yeah like, yeah <laughs> well kit thinks that you just don't want to marry Kyler and he's like oh yeah we had to talk uh, we had to talk about that and then we were outside and we were playing around with a tree and the tree branch like snapped back and hit him in the face and it actually wasn't a fight there was no fight between them oh. there was no punch I it thought... was just a tree branch hit him in the face and he didn't want to he was embarrassed so he would rather let people think it was a fight
1: I remember them talking about that but I thought that he was just saying so they were pl- they were playing a trick they were gonna play a trick on Denal with uh, with something with I think the leprechauns or something oh maybe and um, that's where the tree branch and, was and but like in the process of doing that like Kate accidentally got hit in the face with a tree branch and so they just stopped but he didn't say that's what gave him the black eye
0: oh I'm pretty sure that that's what I they I don't think Something we can say to him implies that, that it wasn't that they physically oh. fought. But then why did Kit say
1: that it was Matt who gave him the black eye?
0: Maybe just to oh influence oh. Kyler a little bit? Nefarious! Mm-hmm. So nefarious! I know, I know. Oh. Okay, okay. Amazing. Sorry, sorry. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, we can look around the lab a little bit here now. We can see like a little chemical thing table that he had where he was messing around with chemicals and we have to sort those and it's one of the worst puzzles in the entire game and i hate it (laughs) It it's so bad if you make one wrong move it blows nancy up and everyone dies and it's yeah it's funny little cutscene. but anyway we have to solve a few puzzles in here and then we can actually find a rocket ship just a rocket ship hanging out in this lab that he has so we do a few more puzzles to kind of set the rocket up and then eventually we are able to launch the rocket and then the fairy ring that we found on the grounds of the castle actually opens up and this is the rocket launch station so uh, Nancy does all this she sets the the rocket off which actually lifts the like wall between her and Matt um, and then the rocket launch obviously alerts everyone in the castle to what's going on and they're like what's going on over there with the rocket launching let's go check it out we also do get a cutscene that um danal's just like doing gardening work or whatever so he sees it yeah. and then kyler and... no no
1: no he doesn't he's sleeping oh yeah he he's sleeps sleeping. Through.
0: yeah okay <laughs> He's,
1: like, snoozing on a rake or something, mm-hmm. and he
0: just absolutely misses the whole thing. Oh, I thought maybe it woke him up or something, or he <laughs> startles a does. little bit. But then we see Kit and Kyler are just kind of, like, hanging out in the garden, having a weird little mm-hmm. secret conversation, and then they, they stop, and they're like, wait, what is that? But then we get this cutscene of Kyler running up, and she's like, what are you, what's going on over here? Nancy, is that you? Wait, Matt, is that you down there? And she starts telling him, like, oh, I love you so much, I can't wait to marry you, and all this." Gushy stuff um, Barf. yeah i know i know <laughs> um but then this is pretty much our our ending cutscene of the game they are reunited they do get married a few days later um kit is super bummed that this wedding actually did go ahead but um it's okay because at the wedding he met a beautiful caterer that was <sighs> working the wedding and now he has a date uh, with this girl or something but then we do learn that the banshee shrieking that we'd heard throughout the game was actually just Fiona's jetpack because she'd saved her dad's jetpack that he made her all those years ago and that's what she'd been riding around this whole time well, and that's so what the, was making the, the sound.
1: banshee shrieking is the siren that Matt kept kicking off. Oh, in the... that's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. Okay, so but, the wailing yeah. was just the the jetpack noises, but then the shrieking was No, no, no. The other way around. But... Wait, I'm confused. So, like, there's just the banshee shrieking noise. There's
1: Oh.
0: Well, there's also a noise when she's, like, moving around and just like... I mean, it's just kind of like a, like a... A humming, yeah, almost. But... Sorry, yeah, like,
1: okay. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, not important, not important.
0: <laughs> yeah, do you want to take it from here? You can finish the ending. Oh, I... okay, sure. So, right, so Fiona is the one
1: who's been riding around on the jetpack looking so much like a flying banshee. <laughs> um... So we learn that the police take Fiona into custody? Yeah, they turn her over to the cops. Well, I'm sorry, but why? What? I'm very confused about that. We'll need to talk about that. A bit. But basically about Fiona, we learn that, yes, after her parents died in the explosion, she was alone, but she was taken in by a hermit who lived alone in the bog. So she has some developmental delays because of that. Mm-hmm. I have questions. Of course. (laughs) I have big questions. But she, we learned that she's being cared for now. She's not imprisoned. She is presumably at some care facility, Mm -hmm. I think, is the picture that we got of her at the end. And Nancy is on her way back home to the States. Um, But, you know, shoot, unfortunately, we had to leave the jetpacks behind because the military confiscated them. Um, But apparently we're so stumped on how to use them and they they just couldn't. So that's Mm. the end of the game. (laughs) And then we get a trailer for Ransom of the Seven Ships at the end. (laughs) Woo boy! Uh, Fascinating. So much we have talked about. Oh my god, so much.
0: Wow. Okay. Do do we start with the Nazi stuff or the romantic drama? (laughs) Or Fiona or... um, Okay,
1: no, first, really quick. I just have to say about the jetpacks. It makes... Well, there's a lot to say about the jetpacks. So I'm going to say <laughs> one thing about the jetpacks. I'm going to say it makes absolutely zero sense to me why the military or how the military would be unable to figure out how these jetpacks worked. Is Especially that because to
0: Nancy has a printout of the instructions that she could have just given them.
1: And like these jetpacks were made in like the 1940s. Right. So we're in firmly 2000 and eight so you're telling me that the military of whatever country i guess the irish military can't at this point when like surely like we understand rockets at this point like we get it (laughs) we can't figure out this jetpack situation are you kidding me Mm. that's the okay that's the only unbelievable part of this game to me and it was something that they absolutely could have just left out like they didn't have to talk about the jetpacks at all right (laughs) so sorry
0: that's no it's very strange that's gonna
1: knock it down one star for me (laughs) one flashlight for me (laughs) just the (sighs) jetpacks. okay but yeah fiona why the hell did they have to arrest fiona
0: i don't know if they arrested her but it sounds like they did i yeah they need to call like whatever the equivalent of like family protective services is in ireland and be like hey we have this woman that essentially was abandoned as a child and now needs help
1: but also kyler is her family right and i understand that like yeah maybe she's not in a position to take care of her but like she's still probably if she's the only surviving family relative like
0: she's the one who would probably ultimately be responsible for her care right right would have been nice if we got to see them meet or had a discussion about yeah. what that relationship is going to be going well, because, forward.
1: Well, because, Corey, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but like when you look at the programs, it's like dedicated to or I don't I don't remember exactly what it says. But basically in loving memory that,
0: of our parents, right? Right.
1: Both of, all of their family, like both of their parents are like dead,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like both of their sets of parents. So like Kyler and Matt are orphans.
0: I think that's just and so, so you they didn't would, have to animate other characters sh- because if the sure. groom's missing, why aren't his family members also concerned and they're looking for right. him, right? So Right. So they just killed but off like, everyone instead of making that a plot point.
1: I get I get that. But like you would think that they might be happy to have more family, especially since Kyler was so close to her um grandfather presumably. Right. Like because we, we, she talks about like when he died he left her this place and all this stuff and she was sad about his death and everything so you would think like okay well you know you get like like a great aunt figure you know what yeah. I mean like <laughs> I don't know yeah I don't know
0: uh. <laughs> and Fiona must have like she must be amazed to learn that she even has family members because to her knowledge her entire right. family's dead you know right so okay I'm sorry. I have so many questions. So, about the Fiona
1: thing. So, we were talking before a little bit about her age. And, like, I think she has to be pretty young mm-hmm. based on the fact that, like, w- w-
0: what she we're should set be her up. her dad's with. age. Kyler's dad's age.
1: Right. So, mm-hmm. she is like, she's like firmly, like, you know, at least like 70 years old at this point. Right. Well. But maybe she doesn't that way yeah right so she doesn't speak to us I don't know if she can't like if she didn't develop speech or maybe she's just so used to living alone and not talking that she just doesn't she doesn't and she chooses not to but that's what I don't understand is because in the in the end screen they kind of set it up to make us believe that like she was taken in by a hermit and so she has developmental delays because she she wasn't, um, like looked after properly or didn't like wasn't didn't wasn't able to socialize. Right. So, but if she was six years old, she would she she would have been able to speak unless she already had a delay of some kind. Like we
0: know from Caitlin's diary that she begged her parents for a jetpack. Right.
1: Unless yeah, so unless she was like like three years old or something, like insanely young, mm-hmm. how is it that she is nonverbal? I mean, I mean, you she might, might
0: be a little verbal and just doesn't grace Nancy with that. Um, yeah, you know, but it could just be that yeah she had some speech development by age 5 or 6 however old she was when her parents died so she had some speech capabilities obviously not as developed as an adult would be or mm-hmm. even an older child but living but, just alone never going to school just with this hermit in the bog obviously set her back but that's a what lot I'm, so
1: surely sure i totally understand that but like as far as speech goes did the hermit not speak like did they not use language to communicate? Like,
0: We also I don't just... know when the hermit died. She could have been quite young when That's that true. woman died as well. So, That's true. That's true. Which explains why she has the bog hut, because obviously this other person before her was living in the bog hut, but then obviously Fiona like inherited this when that person died, but we don't know anything about who that person was. I think Denal kind of hints at it, that there's been a banshee since way back in time, but...
1: Oh, interesting interesting i didn't I didn't pick up on that yeah i I don't know uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and that seems very that seems very strange to me. uh it doesn't seem unbelievable. It just yeah. seems like how is it possible how, it just seems like how how did that happen?
0: you know? It's it's plausible, but a lot of things have to fall by the wayside for that to... Right, right, right. ...to be the case. Yeah. Okay. Also, I want to know how... How Dad had his labs and secret passageways set up the way that he did, because... I don't think that this castle was built in the 40s. This has to be some long-standing family Surely. ancestral castle, right? Yeah. That he inherited from the generations before him who inherited it. Well, that's from... what the
1: family tree implies. Exactly, right? So he didn't right.
0: build the secret passageway in the fireplace in Fiona's room. Mm. He didn't build the like hatch that Matt fell through to get into the tunnels in the lab because that would... Directly below the nursery would just be the the Great Hall downstairs. Is that right? I mean, from what I can tell. So, like, where Um, does that hatch go? Does it go to, like, like in between the walls or something? I don't know that it's
1: above the Great Hall. I think it's, like, so I think, like, the Great Hall is here or, like, here. And Mm -hmm. then, like, the stairs are over here and they go up. And I think the nursery is, like, on the other side of that. Oh, okay. So like I think yes. there's something else that's beneath there or um like potentially. But yeah, that's what I was confused about too because Matt said he didn't fall that far. Right. Um so he was in like some kind of room and then he got into tunnels
0: somehow? Yeah, how I don't know. Did the tunnels go all the way out to the bog hut. Like did he build well, the bog pres- hut and then make the tunnels on top of that or make the tunnels and then build the bog hut on top of that? But then, then the hermit wouldn't have lived there alone before then. Right. Um, I mean, maybe the hermit built the tunnel.
1: Maybe the tunnels were already there, but for what purpose? I probably the tunnels were already there. He probably had to do some, like, retrofitting to get his lab down there and probably did dig stuff up to build, like, the rocket launcher. Or not mm-hmm. rocket launcher, but the launch pad for the rocket. And um, his lab, which is clearly underground. But... Yeah, I don't know how he got all the tunnels and secret passageways to connect to it. Presumably, that's why it's pretty complicated and pretty long and sprawling.
0: Right. We don't get to explore much of the tunnels. We're really just in the lab, and then we know that there's this wall that maps on the other side, and we can't see through there, but, yeah.
1: I was going to say, maybe the hatch that's in the, um, or the trapdoor that's in the cottage is a trapdoor for like what used to be like a root cellar or something. Oh, and yeah. it just ended up being a convenient way to connect to
0: his secret lab. But the tunnels would also have to go under the bog. You know? Yeah. That's weird. That seems dangerous. It seems very hard to dangerous.
1: do. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Construction nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also not to get too off topic here, but when when we do have the cut scene where the rocket is finally launching and we get everyone's little reaction to seeing it launch and Fiona, we just see her like standing outside the bog hut and she like looks up and just falls to her knees and the look on her Jeez. face is just kind of heartbreaking. Her realizing like, wow, my dad's rocket finally mm-hmm. seeing the light of day and like her realizing yeah. what was down there. And, you know, it's just, it's very heartbreaking. It is very sad. Not that we should, you know, give too much credit to the Nazi that her father was, but...
1: Yeah, okay, let's talk about it. Let's yes, talk okay. about the Nazi Nazi roots. So, I think... So, this is obviously very, very interesting. Uh, I think it makes a whole lot of sense that he was a Nazi. Basically, we already... Basically, the game is pretty clear about the fact that he was a Nazi and that he was working on rocket fuel for... Um, Nazis during World War II right I think it also makes sense that an Irishman would want to work against the British I um I think so the Nazis were some of the first people to have developed rockets Mm -hmm. in like the course of history there was there was some like prior to that but I think Nazis developed some of the first known rockets Mm -hmm. so like It makes sense, like, historically, contextually, like, even though it does seem like it's kind of at a left field, it's really not. It's honestly, like, yeah, I mean, it would make sense that, you know, this wealthy scientist was, you know, involved in,
0: like, this war (laughs) that was, you know, back then. You know what I mean? Like, uh, It's mm. a shame that that's the plot point, but it definitely feels plausible. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, nobody. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they don't say that Brendan Molloy
1: was a great guy. And in fact, like, you know, he was shunned by his family. It sucks for Fiona, who is like incredibly young and like now we know was the daughter of a Nazi. But like. Right.
0: They don't. Yeah, they don't actually use the word Nazi. They talk about the right. allies and not being an ally. And yeah, oh, it's very secretive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I think they get about as close to it as they can without coming out and saying it, but still making it very obvious. Like, there's really, like, no other way you can read it, I don't think. No. Where did Ireland, I don't know a whole lot about the history of Ireland in World War II. They were kind of Ireland's out of it. involvement. They kept their hands huh? out of it for the most part. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, they were neutral. Except
0: the Molloy family. <laughs> Except for the Molloy family. Oh, Kyler says that during her research, she found out that in 1944, um, Brandon was like accused or thought of as having been sending his findings along to the axis, but no evidence was ever found of what his real allegiance was. So they do kind of leave that open-ended a little bit of... Was it just a rumor that he was doing these things, or was he actually, in a roundabout way, trying to be a double agent for the Allies, or what was really going on here? But I I think it's pretty clear of what the truth actually was. I mean... Yeah, Yeah, I like how they talk about his... His gadgets and gizmos of like, oh, he's been working and tinkering with Fiona's dollhouse. And what a quirky Nazi he was.
1: (laughs) What a quirky Nazi he was. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. I have a question about this, too, though, because I'm very confused about a puzzle situation set up because of this and because of the inventions and stuff. So we have the, the dollhouse that was made by... Brendan Malloy for Fiona, right? We understand that. And then the dollhouse is like this puzzle where it's like a logic puzzle. It is my favorite puzzle in the game, by the it's way. It's a great I love logic puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> um where you have to put dolls in specific places according to like the rules listed out on like this picture sheet. Mm-hmm. And then we get a few different picture sheets throughout the game. That'll give us coins just coins right and then i think you get an easter egg on the very last one or something but
0: well one of um, them is the the printing plate one of the plates for the printing press yeah but otherwise it is coins and there's an easter egg as well but Yes. yes
1: um but so we don't so the very last sheet that we get is printed off from or you know is in the desk that we have to unlock in the tower. That's Mm -hmm. the one that gives us the Easter egg. Yes. But so these sheets are on the pictures of the sheets of the instructions on how to use the dollhouse are all the dolls that Fiona is making. Right. Currently making.
0: Hmm. The
1: sheep is on there and that's one that she's like in the process of making. Right. Nancy is on the last one. And that's one that obviously Fiona couldn't have made until we got here. So how is it? That these sheets are being created and being, like, put inside of, like, these very complex, like, puzzles and machines that her father made. Unless Fiona knows how to use them or load them, but then why
0: would she put them in there? You know what I mean? That is very, very good point. Hmm. I mean, unless... I was very confused about that. Because, like, the sheep one, we have to go and get more wool and, like, we have to shear sheep mm-hmm. and there's a whole puzzle beyond that. But we, we don't actually have that that doll until after we finish making it for Fiona because it's not right. done yet. Maybe she's, like, remaking ones that she's lost along the years or something. But she makes Nancy and right. Nancy shows up in one. And Matt with his Clotta and everything. And Matt. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's definitely a plot hole.
1: Well, I don't know that it is. I'm I'm, I'm wondering that, is it that Fiona is also like this genius?
0: She might be. Absolutely. I mean, Nancy and even jokes at the end, like, she's going to recover so well because her dad was a rocket scientist after all. So she's you know. bright. Right. So maybe she is making it, but what's the point of doing that? Does she want right. Nancy to figure out how to use the jetpack? I don't get it. Because that's the I end don't... solution. We're, we're doing this to get to use the jetpack
1: yeah i don't know
0: hmm. i don't
1: understand fiona's motivations and i think i think that that is the plot hole here because okay. i understand that she may be delayed right because right. of her her upbringing but i it that doesn't mean that she doesn't have like a motive and like drives right it may be a little confusing and complicated but like Uh, it doesn't like i just don't understand it at all like i understand that like maybe she didn't intentionally trap matt well she didn't trap matt at all matt got lost and stuck down there and she's been feeding him so maybe she wants nancy to find him and help him
0: why Um, also knock nancy down there and lock her away or just let matt out or open the thing opens the tunnel for him
1: Maybe she didn't, like, she didn't lock Nancy down in there. Maybe she only, the the only way she knew of to go down in there was through this trap door that you couldn't get out of once you got into. So she's not going to go down mm. there. But she needs someone to find Matt, right? Help and him. help him, yeah. And so she sees Nancy, who is, like, solving all of these puzzles around the grounds. And she thinks, well, she's really smart. Maybe she can, maybe she can figure out my dad's stuff down there and get out. Yeah, I like that theory.
0: I like that better. <laughs> that works. Because Nancy's even like, have you seen Matt? And she's like, oh, move this way. Move this way into the corner. And she's not mm-hmm. saying this, but she's motioning Nancy. Here you go. Yeah. Here's Matt. You asked for him, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the only thing is that I think the only thing with that is that it seems like Fiona does understand her dad's inventions mm-hmm. to an extent where she can, like, intricately use them, like jetpack and the desk yeah. in the bedroom.
0: Mhm.
1: So, I don't understand how Fiona hasn't figured out a way to get down there and, you know, can be down there herself. Right. That's the only part I don't really believe. Hmm. Because presumably she was a very like precocious child, you know, begging to be on a jetpack. She was mm-hmm. always, I think she was always in and out of her father's laboratory. I think he mentions that a little bit or in his notes or her mom mentions that or something but like you know that's Mm. that's the only part that I'm like "Mm." very interesting no I like that theory okay what else what else what else oh oh let's talk about the Ned and Nancy subplot
0: oh okay okay sure okay (laughs) so we learned when we're on the phone with Ned at the very beginning he is about to go to Carrie and Kathy Dunhill who are twins that I don't know if we meet elsewhere in the series. I haven't heard of them before, but he's going to their birthday party, which is like a pool party. Um, he's doesn't seem super excited about it, but then we can also call Bess and George and they're like, oh yeah, we just got to this pool party. And oh, you know, they're playing chicken in the pool and it's really loud in the background. And they're like, yeah, we don't see Ned. He's not here. We've been at the party for a few minutes now. And we haven't seen him yet. But then when we call Ned, he insists that he's there. He's just in like a quiet room because some girl was like chasing him at the party and he didn't want to interact with that girl. So it's just, it's very strange. The whole mm-hmm. description that Ned gives versus what Bess and George give of what they're all doing while Nancy is not there.
1: Right. Yeah. So like at first it's, we're supposed to think that like Ned is lying to us, which is weird. Um, like and I don't see why he'd lie situation...
0: about being at a pool party.
1: No. Well, and so, I mean, we learn we learn first through Bess and George that he's hiding from this girl. Ned isn't the one who tells us that initially. It's Bess and oh, George right? Who are like, yeah. oh, yeah, this girl is also here. And she saw that you weren't here with Ned. And so Ned is very wisely hiding inside from her, basically. And then we call Ned and he, like, basically confirms it, like, yeah, that's the case. But, like... <laughs> why does Ned feel like he needs to hide from this girl and can't be like, just like ignore her or say sorry, like go away. or Like, I don't want to talk to you. You know what I
0: mean? Like, I don't really get the point of it. He seems very evasive when we ask him what he's doing or if he's having fun. Like, hey, Ned, Ned are you having fun? He's like, yeah, yeah. It's a great time here at the pool party where I definitely am. Yeah. I Yeah, I don't, I don't really get it. And then he's just, like, later, he's like, if you coax him into it, he's just like, oh, it's just because I miss you. That's why I'm acting weird. What? Hmm. I, That's don't, not yeah, big, I, I don't, don't remember turning that part of
1: the conversation. But maybe I didn't call him enough times. But I remember I called Bess and George. They say he's not there. you called Ned. You ask him if he's there. He says he is. If you call Bess and George again, they tell us about the girl who's at the party who's like lusting after ned <laughs> and then if you call ned he confirms that that he is indeed hiding inside and that's why you can't hear all the pool noises and everything because right. he's hiding inside but i don't remember he, he didn't lie after that did he
0: i don't think he lied but we we just never really get a resolution of like yeah that's actually yeah. what happened or yeah ned finally meets up with Beth and george at the party i don't know it just seems well like presumably he's hiding inside the whole time <laughs> right right <laughs> Yeah. So but why not just leave if you're that yeah. uncomfortable? Why sit in somebody else's house while everyone else is having fun? Just leave. Like,
1: Yeah, I don't get it. I also, yeah, I don't get why it's like this weird deal. Like they're scared to tell Nancy about this girl being into Ned. Like, what do they yeah. think Nancy's going to do?
0: Like fly home
1: <laughs> yeah like seriously like nancy like absolutely does not care and she right. doesn't even spend that much time out in the phone call it's just like oh, okay i get it you know like whatever she she maybe teases ned like just a little bit but like that's it which is fine yeah yeah because <laughs> he's hiding from from someone that's a teasable offense <laughs> you know mm. Yeah, I just, it's interesting that we feel like, like, in the game, we set up this, like, potentially drama-filled situation between Ned and Nancy that is just, like, absolutely, like, kind of pointless.
0: Like, right.
1: <laughs> like what Like what does it accomplish except showing that, I guess, Ned isn't being entirely honest with Nancy?
0: Right, which is concerning. Because this isn't even, it shouldn't even be drama. Just, there's this girl at a party that's annoying me. And yeah. And I'll tell you about it. Why is that a big deal? Yeah. Unless you have a jealous relationship like Nancy and Ned kind of do in some mm-hmm. portrayals.
1: Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's really interesting. We always have to talk about the Ned and Nancy drama. <laughs> um, we can talk about the other relationship dramas. Yes. The, the love triangle between Matt, Kyler, Kyler and Kit, and potentially Kit and Matt. <laughs> right.
0: Ooh, do you have a theory
1: on that? Ah, uh, not really. I just think okay. there's just, like, it's just an awful lot of tension between all of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah. think you can read that however you want to read it, you know? Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, it's so, okay. I mean, the consensus here that I think you and I have drawn, and I think probably everybody playing this game should draw also, is that Kit and Matt, or sorry, Kyler and
0: Matt, absolutely should not be getting married. Oh, 100%. They are not ready to be doing that if ever. <laughs> like, this is not a healthy relationship.
1: No. The thought that Matt would play a prank on his on the not just his fiance, the entire wedding party um prior to the wedding in like such a dramatic way. I know he I know that wasn't the intention. But Kyler believes that he would do this, mm-hmm. and eventually Kit believes that he would do it too. So it's like, okay, well, presumably he's done stuff like this to this extreme before. Right. That's an intense. If that if that were really the prank he was playing, that is an intense, almost mean spirited. Like nice. seriously affecting prank. Like if you go missing for days, and people think that that's something that you could you could be dead. You could be dead right. in the bog, as you said previously. Like, mm-hmm. and you think that you this guy is just that that is just normal behavior for this guy. Uh, does it doesn't seem like like you trust him, or it doesn't seem like you should right. if if you think that this is behavior he
0: could he could be doing I don't think that there is a lot of trust between Kyler and Matt
1: no no absolutely not
0: Matt is so concerned about Kit like Kyler running off with him or something or them getting back together and Kyler is like so worried about Matt possibly being concerned about Kit still being interested which Mm -hmm. implies that Kyler might that there might be a reason for Matt to Mm -hmm. be worried right Mm mm-hmm
1: Oh I 100% believe that. But also there's a point where Kyler says about Matt's practical jokes is that she's absolutely going to be putting a stop to this kind of behavior after the wedding.
0: Why are you getting married to someone And that I'm like you don't like their behavior.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Ding ding ding. If you're not okay with Matt's practical joking, and you've said this to him in the past, and he still does it, and you are so upset now that, like, definitely you're not going to allow him to play practical jokes in the future, you don't love this man. Right. You don't want to be married to this man.
0: No. (laughs) At least you shouldn't want to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But 100% Kit is, or Kyler is still into Kit. A hundred percent, Kyler is still oh, yeah. into Kit. And Kit still loves Kyler. He even, like, said, so he, Kit, when you listen to their muffled conversation where Kit says, um, did he tell you about the girl he dated before you? What he implies, is that about? He implies that Kyler is a rebound from, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. Do we think that that other relationship is something within the Nancy Drew universe that we oh, might my God. know about? Is there another character who this girl might be that we know of? Corey. It could be Samantha Quick. <gasps> it could be Samantha Quick. I doubt it. An international it. super She's spy too good for him.
1: Who, but I'm just trying to think, like, what, like, Scotland, like, that's the only other one that takes place in the British Isles.
0: Well, there's four, aren't there?
1: Oh, well, I guess Chris, uh, or, uh Blackmore Manor. Blackmore Manor.
0: This one, this one, Scotland one, Silence. Know, by, maybe yeah. there are just three in in this.
1: But I mean, maybe unless it's, um, it's
0: Ethel from Blackmore Manor. <laughs> oh my god!
1: <laughs> Can you imagine? No, but one? like, here's what I here's think. I think Samantha Europe, Quick, because if it's Samantha Quick, of course she's gonna break up with Matt.
0: Sorry, right. but Samantha Quick is just she's on a another loser. level. Right? I don't think they would go Um, out in the first place. I think she's too good for him.
1: Well, yeah, but I'm just thinking that, like, you know, maybe, like, she dallied, right? Or she had to, like, get close to him for, like, a mission or something. Maybe something Mm -hmm. to do with his job. And he falls in love with her to, like, such an extent that it's, like, devastating. And, but she obviously breaks up with him because it's just a job to her. And leaves. And so he's... (laughs) He's heartbroken and has to go rebound to Kyler and gets married because
0: he's so heartbroken. (laughs) That could be a good, yeah, okay.
1: (laughs) You're into my fan theory now? Yeah. Listen, I can make it work. I can make it
0: work. We can stretch it. (laughs) Matt and Kyler have no business getting married to one another. No. Whether or not they'd be a good fit if both of them were to grow up a little bit. I don't know, necessarily. I definitely don't think Kit and Kyler make a good couple either. Yeah. Even though that's clearly what both of them kind of want.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can we talk about how in the cut scene, at the very end, they're in the garden, and they look like they're in the middle of another very heated conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, Kyler is, like, facing kind of away with him with her arms crossed, and he's, like, kind of looking at her earnestly, like, he's, like, talking to her. Like, Mm -hmm. and he was saying before about, like, how he was saying he still has feelings for her, but he doesn't know what he's going to do about it. I think that this is, like, Kit doing something about it. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe Kyler is resistant. And maybe she really doesn't love him anymore. I don't know. But I just think that she certainly seems to have a lot of strong feelings where Kit is concerned.
0: Mm -hmm. And I just think
1: that, like, if really you didn't, like, if you really didn't care about him, and maybe they're friends still, and she's just annoyed with him and upset that he's, like, basically trying to ruin,
0: sabotage her relationship. But, like... I mean, if he's still this into her, they're not friends. Like, she might think (laughs) that they are, but they're not. Yeah.
1: Also, okay, so about the best man thing, Matt does tell us later when we're in the bunker with him that, yeah, he... He knows that Kit is still into Kyler, and he doesn't mm-hmm. want Matt or doesn't didn't want to make Kit his best the best man at his wedding when he's in love with the bride. <laughs> you know, like
0: which, which is, is fair decision. But why, yeah. why invite him at all? Why think is he that there? They're all friends, but why is he there? Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: It is kind of also weird to me how Kyler and Matt are even together. Like if Kyler mm-hmm. was originally dating Kit. It does seem mm. kind of like, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to put us in like a weird sexist paradigm or anything. But like when I think like dating somebody's best friend that like you mm. previously dated, it's just not, it's just not it like a great. Move. It's a bad move. Like, because then what you're doing is you're potentially causing issues with someone else's really long term, really like big relationship, you know, like best friend situation. Right. That's not cool no so i just like i think that that kind of shows us who kyler is i guess i mean who knows what that situation is really really was like but like clearly kyler doesn't really value matt and kit's relationship that much clearly not yeah matt seems to value his and and kit's relationship because you know he still wants him at the wedding he's not gonna make him his best man he punched him i I still think, I still maintain that Matt punched him.
0: I don't (laughs) think it was a tree branch. Let's be real. Yeah, that could have been Matt just, like, lying to cover (laughs) his own self. Like, no, I didn't punch anybody. That was a tree. Obviously, a tree would do that.
1: (laughs) Because, I mean, so, but, I mean, even if he didn't punch him, he clearly got upset with Kit for, like, you know, pushing him. So he cares about Kit. Or what Kit thinks, right? Right. So he cares about that relationship. But Kit doesn't care about Kyler and Matt's relationship. Matt doesn't seem to care that much about Matt and Kyler's relationship. (laughs) Right. I mean, I know he professes his love about her a lot or whatever. But honestly, he just seems like kind of a tool bag. I'm not going to lie. Like, he, he seems to be kind of fake to me. Does
0: he feel fake to you? He feels very fake, and the whole professing the love, mushy-gushy stuff at the mm-hmm. very end it feels very much more like lust. They're just happy to see each other again, and Carly's yeah. like, oh, I don't have to call off the wedding now, and, yeah. and less like, oh, I'm genuinely happy to see him, and I'm sure she's glad that he's alive and everything, right. but not, it just seems like a, a, a in-the-moment thing and not like an actual mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. glad to see each other. Totally, you know, I don't know.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think that like the way that like Matt was talking to us in the bunker about like their relationship, he was being like, so like overly like self-flagellating about the situation Mm -hmm. when it's like, really, this was an accident. Like you didn't mean to get trapped down here. You were going to do, you were going to make a spooky noise at Kyler. Like that's, that's fine. Like that's acceptable. You know what I mean? Just like, it's not out of the realm of like normal human behavior to want to play play a small prank on your fiance, you know. Right. Like yeah. you didn't mean you didn't mean to leave for day. You get trapped for days. But he's like, right. oh, like this is I'm the worst, you know. Like oh, I do all this like pranking stuff, and I can understand why she doesn't want to marry me, and all. This, and it's just like, dude, seriously, like you you're telling me that like you you don't think like he's more concerned about her not loving him than he would be concerned about like her being worried if he was alive or, (laughs) or like getting out and saving himself. His top concern is that Kyler is gonna, is is gonna hate him for this. Not even that they're not going to get married. None of that, that Kyler is going to hate him, which, which to me like is like, you seem like a narcissist. Like, yeah, like this is like a weird, this is like a weird reaction to have. Yeah. For, like, this situation. It's just... It's very weird.
0: Interesting peek into what the real dynamics are in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that's his biggest concern in the moment. That's not a good sign. Mm. Yikes. Oh, <sighs> Yeah.
1: So, like, this is the reason why I think I like this game so much. Is because yeah. of this, like... It's just very adult drama. Like, it's yeah, just very... It's very like like weddings and marriage and i also think like in all of like the cases in which nancy is investigating stuff like we talked about this a little bit with warnings at waverly academy it's like why like why Mm. is she going undercover at this boarding school like obviously we came up with a theory as to why but there are lots of situations where nancy is like investigating something and it doesn't make sense why she would be like why Mm. did you go to this place to do this why did this person call you but I feel like this one makes so much sense because, like, as a maid of honor and, like, you end up in this situation where a member of the wedding party is missing, the groom is missing. It makes right. so much sense to investigate that. Right. Like, <laughs> like, that's just so logical. Like, that's basically your job. Like, literally She's being now- maid of honor. That's your <laughs> yeah. job. You know? Like.
0: Finally coming across a mystery in a natural way.
1: Right. 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 So like, I just think it just makes so much sense to me. And like, even like the drama and like the setup, like it makes so much sense. And so I really, really appreciate it for that.
0: Can we talk about Nancy being the maid of honor, though? Yeah,
1: yeah, we can. We can.
0: So at the very beginning, we learned that Kyler did like a study abroad, student exchange thing when they were in high school, question mark, Mm -hmm. and lived with Carson, Nancy, Hannah, and Togo for, like, what, six months or something? Presumably. And they haven't... I mean, maybe they've kept in touch a little bit, but obviously they're not, like, best friends. They just lived together for, for a few months, like, ten years ago, five years ago. And this is the person that Kyler immediately thought of as her, her maid of honor? Like, does she not have other friends? Is her relationship drama the way that it is because she has so few other people in her life like she doesn't have any other family her only friend apparently is nancy that she hasn't seen since she was in high school which she went to waverly so why wasn't she whatever (laughs) (laughs) was she in boarding school at waverly i don't know but huh interesting yeah so why was she living studying abroad there and then does she have no other friends and Matt and Kit are her only friends? Hmm. And so of course her view of relationships is warped if that's the case for her.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's a world in which it, well, I, it makes sense for Kyler to kind of have been continuously shipped off to boarding school or, you know, student exchange program or that kind of thing. If she mm. was being raised by her grandfather. Right. Um. Right. Because her both her parents have died, so I they think don't that know makes when sense. They
0: died. Either we so don't so we know don't when know how recent that is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. But I do think it's possible. Like in that circumstance, how like if you're constantly moving around, being sent to different schools, and you so you maybe don't aren't able to form a lot of close connections with people your own age, then you go live with someone for six months, someone who also lost a parent um Mm -hmm. like who i mean i don't know nancy is a bad friend so i don't get that part but like i don't know i can see how like her and nancy would become really close and maybe yeah she hasn't had the opportunity to make other friends or maybe other like female friends if she's looking for like female companionship so i don't know but yeah it's certainly interesting to think
0: about especially when you consider kyler's current predicament Nancy is a better friend to Kyler than she is to, like, Bess and George so during true. this whole thing. <laughs> like so bends true. Bends over backwards to fix this wedding for her and make programs and goes out and picks flowers for the bouquets. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, yeah, I'll call Bess and George if I have time.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe Nancy's not a bad friend. Maybe she just hates Bess and George.
0: Oh, that's hates. not a good solution either.
1: Maybe she just hates, like, her River Heights crew and she's like, uh. I don't want to, like, be friends with people at home. I'd rather be friends with my <laughs> European friends. Right. Nancy's is, Nancy is just a
0: pretentious asshole. <laughs> Her European friends, including Jane from Curse of Blackmore Manor and uh, <laughs> Zoe Wolfe slash Samantha Quick. So funny.
1: Wow. Wow. I mean, what more is there to say? Nancy is a pretentious asshole who would rather hang out with a European friend. <laughs> that's that's the summary of this of this episode.
0: <laughs> Nancy does better in Europe than she does
1: in the US. Nancy should move. Nancy shouldn't live in River Heights. <laughs>
0: Can we talk about how she solved this whole mystery in one evening? Because the whole game takes place Ooh. over the course of one night. Not even a whole day. Like, just in the evening before bedtime, she just knocks out the yeah, mystery. That's crazy. That's
1: crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, playtime for me was probably like five hours, you know?
0: Yeah. But, like,
1: I didn't have to walk around a bunch. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have to
0: traverse a bog. No. You
1: so, like, you like...
0: either. Shearing <laughs> sheep.
1: Cheering sheep. Making drinks. God, imagine how long that would take in real life. That would take right? well, that would take a whole day.
0: Yeah, At easily. least. <laughs> no way this happened over the course of one evening. No way. That's the most unrealistic thing yeah. about this game is that it yeah. all takes place at night. And I get why. Like, they wanted it to be all dark right. and spooky the whole time. But the solution to that was just to set the entire game at night. Mm-hmm. Oh, one night. We don't even like take a nap and then wake up later. Oh, well, I guess really because because there is nowhere
1: for us to sleep, <laughs> just on a cot hey, next to a cot. in the great hall. Yeah.
0: But anyway.
1: <sighs> anyway. Anyway. So, what flashlight story score would you give this, Corey? Uh, three and a half. <laughs> I think I think we're maybe destined to give. Every Nancy Drew computer game that's not, like, some of our favorites, like, three and a half.
0: Because <laughs> it is a good game. And the, all the games are really good. Most of the games really are excellent, yeah. I will say. But I don't want to, like, rate it higher than Waverly and Crystal Skull because those are both very good as well. So I want to have anybody I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think – I mm, I think I would give it a four. I think I would give it four, four. flashlights, but that's just be- that's four that's a fair. very personal rating, and I understand that that a lot of for a lot of people this game will not be the one. You know what I mean? That's and okay. even to me, like it has flaws. I'm not like I'm the navigation is trash, like absolutely, and like oh yeah, the like so there are some interesting plot things, and like maybe it's not your vibe. Like I 100% understand, but for me. I just think it makes so much sense and I just really truly appreciate that so much that I have to give it a high score. I have to.
0: It is very much a vibe. It's a great vibe.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Plus yeah any game set in the UK uh, is gonna is gonna you know be my thing. So
0: there's a series of games right and Some people call these the Nancy Drew Renaissance era of the PC games that stand out very highly for me, but most of them are set in Europe. And I just like the travel aspect of it, of Nancy going to different locations. (gasps) I forgot to say this. Oh my goodness. The, the point about it being in Ireland, but yeah, there's, I just like Nancy going to these different places and then we get to learn about the culture there or like the folklore of the fairies mm-hmm. and, um, the runes that we get to kind of decipher at one point in the game. But yes. Okay. So I forgot to say this earlier, but I was watching, uh, Hugh Miller of Nancy Drew walkthroughs, the YouTube channel hosted an interview, I think about a year ago with Robert Riedel, who was the executive producer of her interactive at the time. And he was saying in that interview when I was watching it, that, for each one of the games they brought in like a cultural expert to kind of like look through the game and tell them if there was anything that was super inaccurate or offensive or anything like that and when they played this game they said that it was all fine except the leprechauns were a little offensive (laughs) yeah oh 100 percent. i just thought that that was kind of funny yeah was that (laughs) did you also bring an expert in for the next game after this one but uh, we can talk about that later but yeah apparently they also did go to some place in new mexico that does rocket research to do some research there as well to learn about world war ii and rocket development and all Mm. that kind of stuff so yeah interesting little, little point there but yeah, that's what I learned from that interview. Definitely go watch it if you have the time, so, because he did a great job of interviewing him. If
1: they thought that the leprechauns were a little offensive, why did they do it?
0: <laughs> well, like I think it's that just they were one puzzle. Like, the game was already built, and oh. the expert was like, "Hey, this is a little much." Um, and they were like, <gasps> "Yeah, well, we thought about it, and we're going to keep it in there because it's too much effort to change it."
1: It's is, not is my impression. It's not super helpful to get like a cultural consultant if you're only going to bring them in at the end of the game the
0: mm-hmm. development, I, is it? Well, I don't know exactly how it went about. <laughs> that's just the impression that I got from watching the yeah. in interview, but interesting. interesting. There's definitely some other things from the game series. And I'm like, really? You asked an expert about that. And that's that, 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 you know, that slide. Really? Okay. <laughs> okay. <sighs> oh man.
1: Oof. Dude. And this isn't even really that controversial of a game. <laughs>
0: No, it's really, I mean, I know that there's Nazi themes throughout yeah. it, and that's controversial, of course, but, like, apparently all the history and stuff, aside from the World War II things that obviously were made up just for this game, but yeah. apparently the culture and things are very true to what is real. Yeah. Supposedly. Whatever. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, that was a long tangent, but. Okay. So, next time, Corey, you want to talk about what we're oh! next time? <laughs> Yes, I am so excited about this one. We have been doing quite a bit of research into this, and we are actually going to take a look at the history of Her Interactive and these Nancy Drew PC games. Um, We're going to go way back to the 90s when it first started and talk through how these games got, you know, the idea for them came up in the first place, how they actually got made. We're going to talk about some significant events in her interactive history. Of course, we are going to break down every single little thing that happened with *Midnight in Salem* and Raise the *Watch* production. That that was. Get ready. Have your teacups ready because we are spilling all of it. The te- um, <laughs> and then, if if we have time, I think I'd also like to speculate wildly about what we think the future mm. is going to look like for not only Nancy Drew but also the games and her interactive as a company.
1: Oh. We are going to get into it. It's Mm -hmm. coming at you. In color. I mean, over the sound waves, but live and in color.
0: (laughs) So if you've never played any of these games before, hopefully this will be, you know, just interesting to you because maybe you'll learn something about the games or maybe it will inspire you to play one of them because I I hope you will because we love them and I hope other people get to enjoy them as well. But even if you're a long-time Her Interactive fan, hopefully you will learn a little bit of context from these games as well.
1: Very, very exciting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'll join we will us see then. You.
1: Yeah, we will see you next time, Regular Drew. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at regularnancydrew and Twitter at regularnd. You
0: can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop Sesh series. And all patrons receive
1: early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks for listening. listening.